0: Welcome to the Steelers Outpost Podcast, episode 49, July 29th, 2018. This is Tom once again from the Washington, D.C. Outpost, and joining me, my comrade in arms, Nick, from the Houston Outpost and we have football again training camp is open
1: yes indeed after really exercising our creative muscles all off season trying to find stuff to talk about uh it is no longer any matter of difficulty because there's a thousand storylines and we're going to get into them i guess today we're going to try and give you just sort of a, a bird's eye view of this past week which consisted of the steelers arriving to training camp And getting into the first couple practices. So, we we have some big themes for you, and then maybe we'll move into some more specific stuff for what's happening on the field.
0: Although this is the very beginning, and there's not, I don't know how much you can extrapolate from training camp four days in, but we got a scare yesterday.
1: Ramon Foster
0: went down with a leg injury, lower extremity, I should say
1: right yeah they said that it looked bad just the optics were really bad he yelled uh apparently screamed when it happened so it seemed really scary ben who had the day off from practicing that day actually rode in the cart with him and helped him get in the car and get taken to the hospital or or wherever he had to go luckily it looks like the injury isn't super serious as it seemed it's either a hyperextension or a bone bruise or a combination of a couple of those things but No break, no tear, nothing like that. He's going to be out four to six weeks. So that's pretty much, you know, the whole preseason. But it looks like he might be able to make it back um, for the first game. And if not by the first game, he should be back soon after that. So thank goodness, because we do not have depth on the offensive line. And that would have been a blow to start the season. Right. I think you
0: pointed that out in our, our prognostication. We're very thin on the offensive line. Fortunately, we do have B.J. Finney who can plug a hole. But I saw an interesting sure. interview. I guess it's not an interview, a report from training camp where Bob Labriola interviews Todd Shilkin and Craig Wolfley. <laughs> Craig Wolfley. I have a couple quotes I needed to just uh, relay to the audience. He saw Matt Filer, and the quote is, Gadzook's man. He slimmed down and he looked vicious. And he said, Chuck For He has he has great ham hocks. He still can not use his hands. Ham hocks are your I guess your thighs and your quads, that upper part of your leg. The guy has great feet and uh a great athleticism. He has yet to learn how to use his hands, however. So hopefully the cupboard's not totally bare and we have a couple of guys who can fill in at a pinch. But as you said, yeah. Merce, we've been spared uh the worst kind of news, and hopefully
1: uh Ramon will be back shortly. A lot of these injuries, some of these season enders, you see happen within the first few days of padded practice. And to give a little Hmm. shout out again to Sims and Lefko podcast, awesome podcast that covers the whole NFL. They um, have a little segment they do called the ACL epidemic, where they talk about how each year the media, media sort of sensationalizes season ending injuries in the beginning of training camp saying that it's unprecedented that there are this many happening, but actually if you look at the data, there's around 27 plus um, either like season ending injuries that happen during this first part of training camp. And people think that is due to the fact that the coaches ramp the players up too quickly from full contact or, or to full contact, right? So Mike Tomlin has even talked about, or Kevin Colbert's talked about, Levyon Bell, in a, sort of a similar fashion, it, it sort of relates in that Le'Veon's going to be in better shape than any other human being on the planet, but that doesn't mean you're in football shape. And while the player is negotiated for less practices, maybe that, you know, actually works against them, because when you got these guys who are in shape during the off season and you get them playing football, there's a propensity for these guys to suffer serious injuries. I don't know if you have sure. any thoughts on that. Well, or, I mean,
0: I, I think it's a double-edged sword, right? How, how much you can uh, expose them to injury, but you've got to prepare yourself. So uh, trial and error, and I don't I don't know what the magic, what the mixture yeah. of the two would be.
1: Yeah, yeah, and they can so happen no matter two. what. I'm not saying if you practice later that you're not going to have season-ending injuries, but there is an interesting correlation between the two. But sure. glad that Ramon, it looks like he's going to be okay, because those guys who you were talking about, Filer and Chucks, those are chooks, I guess is how you say it. Those are the guys who are going to vie for Chris Hubbard's vacated spot. And like you said, B.J. Finney is a great guard. He's actually probably going to be the starter once Ramon leaves this year. But if, if you know, after him, I don't even know who they're going to consider for the backup guard. So that was some lucky news that we started with. So we have
0: some really more important news to talk about, and that is Antonio Brown raising the bar for training camp entrances. If you haven't heard about it, you haven't looked at social media in uh, in a week.
1: Yes, please. AB touched down on the field with in a helicopter. And it was the coolest thing I've ever seen. We're so lucky to get to watch this Steelers team, despite the frustrations of them not getting the ultimate prize. But AB is such an entertaining guy to watch, both on the field and off the field. And you can enjoy his antics without guilt because... He is constantly reported to be the hardest working player on the team or in the league, and he's constantly producing on the field. So you get some room for some funny rich guy behavior like this. He's like an eccentric billionaire. He's like a Bruce Wayne on Red Bull, I'll say. I don't know. But it's funny because people had a problem with it. People have a problem with everything. How can you have a problem with AB landing in a helicopter? Like, that's going to affect his performance.
0: Look. You, you said if people have a problem with everything, another reason I won't run for president. I, uh, as you know, as an old school guy, I don't really love touchdown celebrations, but it's the way of the game. But this one I have no problem with. It's not in, a, it's not in the a game. It's, you know, it's kind of a routine and it's a tradition. I'm not sure how you can get offended by that or be angry about it. It was funny. What was it's really weird. interesting to yeah. me is he, he, arrived, he arrived with uh, three of his five children and his wife. And as cool as that entrance was, he was pretty subdued in the interview and almost didn't want to talk about it. I don't know if you saw that.
1: Yeah, that's what he does. He's not... uh I don't want to say he's not an interview guy because I actually think he's very shrewd and this is does great things for his brand, but he lets his play, his dancing, and his smiling doing the, do the talking and he doesn't really get himself in trouble in interviews. That's why it was so weird when he had that episode like a month ago where he was having the existential crisis, but it feels like that's long in the rear view. I think he plays the game very slick, uh, sort of like Gronk does a little bit in the media where he gives pretty bland interviews. Um, but he's, well, obviously it, it, it was just too. sort of like... he.
0: He just landed in the helicopter and just seemed like there'd be a little more fanfare, maybe some music, maybe a smile. He didn't didn't even appear to be smiling that much. The other grand entrance, if it can be called that, is Vince Williams. He showed up in a black pickup truck with Stone Cold Steve Austin's theme music blaring and uh, emerged shirtless (laughs) with a black studded vest and a WWE championship belt over his shoulder. And I'll tell you, that is a weird little snippet on Twitter. I he's a, he's totally in character. He's got the stone <laughs> face. He's not smiling, and he marches straight to the entrance to uh, to the practice facility.
1: I mean, Vince has the I best personality. Is there symbolism? Yeah, I is mean, there symbolism. Uh,
0: in him taking a belt, it's it's raising the bar for himself a little. bit.
1: I love it. I mean, he's the probably the funniest guy I can ever remember the Steelers having, and he's a decent player in the middle. Let's hope he keeps stepping it up. I think that stuff's good. He's got you got to get a personality for that defense and. You're lucky to have a guy like that on there. I liked it. It's no helicopter, but I liked it
0: yeah, not a lot more not a lot of other entries um although I saw Ben, this wasn't his entrance. I saw him on a motorized
1: oh yeah. scooter razor you't who it now? was yeah a b was filming him on some sort of futuristic transportation device that a b probably uses to travel from his foyer into his indoor uh catching room, which I assume he has well, it is a
0: quite a distance. he must travel so and you don't want you don't want. Wear yourself out. Anyway, you and I, one of our favorite players, we are happy to see that Eli Rogers has signed and is yes. back in the fold after having traveled in the desert for low a month or so.
1: Yeah, we won't go too far into it, but that's huge. You and I were really hoping that he would come back. Obviously, he needs to get healthy, but the offense is obviously loaded as hell, as loaded as, as they ever have been, but the only two issues are depth with the offensive line, which we got to scare with Ramon Foster and with the receiver room um, since they're counting on James Washington pretty much to be a starter. And if it's not him, then you either got Marcus Tucker who's never made the team or Justin Hunter who's not good. Um, that's concerning. You know, if you lost one guy, you could go from a great receiving core to a mediocre one really quickly. And the Steelers have been lucky last year to have such a deep core um, losing Martavis and Eli would have been a big deal. So, I'm glad to see him back. I gotta assume he's gonna make the team. I think that'll assuage some of our fears about the depth because he's a, a good player. Indeed. He can plug in. Although Eli's gonna be more in the slot,
0: wouldn't he, and backing up Juju yeah. rather than yeah. I
1: don't think he's gonna be a starter, lineup. but I like having him as the backup. You know, they uh, no, we'll it see doesn't help
0: weird. us with the wideouts, is what I'm saying. James Washington still, you have to consider. You, you have to contemplate that he's going to be the starting on the, on the other side from AB. Where's the depth after that?
1: That's um, the scary part. I mean, it doesn't really work like strictly like this guy only plays on the outside. This guy plays on the inside. Ju- if there are two receivers on the field, it's going to be AB and Juju. If there are three receivers on the field, we got to assume it's AB Juju in Washington, but the rumor is Juju would slide into the slot. If there's a third receiver on the field, it's not so much like a, you know Eli only plays in the slot here or there but it um you know just it just it's depth i guess you're right he that is the only place where he traditionally plays but you can find a way to get him on the field and he's a much better better player than Justin Hunter or DHB or maybe Marcus Tucker right now so one of the things you and i wanted to talk about is
0: so far so good about lack of drama although i mean you did point to there were were some off-season things. Obviously, Le'Veon's a distraction, but what is the difference between this year and last year in terms of drama and how distractions will affect the
1: team? Yeah, there have already been some themes set up, really, by reporters and by some tweets from the players as they got into training camp. A lot of people are asking the question, hey, are you guys going to cut down on the distractions this year? You know, whether it's, looking past Jacksonville in the playoffs, saying that they're going to play New England already, whether it's the water cooler or Ben saying he wants to retire or Le'Veon this, Le'Veon that, all kinds of stuff. Are they going to cut down on that? And all of the players, for the most part, and the coaches try to downplay it. They said, basically, we have 0.0 concern about that. That's actually what Colbert said. No concern about that whatsoever. Although the owner, Mr. Rooney did say that he thought there were some times where they could be a little bit more buttoned up last year. So that's kind of a theme um, that they're being asked about. Uh, They're lying about (laughs) saying that there's no distractions, but uh, I don't know. It's weird. We talk about this with the coach Tomlin teams a lot. Sometimes that stuff helps them. Sometimes they play. um, I don't think you're going to transform this into a bill Belichick check operation as much as that would be awesome to have that militant, style of a team maybe you got to embrace what you are and using that emotion but hopefully evening out a little bit more um and and not setting yourself up for those huge letdowns against teams that you shouldn't lose to just because you don't have the drama and the motivation to work off of for that i don't know if that makes sense to you but we talked about it a few times
0: Yeah, I think it's a drain. Um, You you mentioned a couple of tweets by the players. Marquise Pouncey said he thinks they'll avoid distractions. Mike Tomlin should address it at the first meeting. I saw a tweet from Vince Williams. He said, quote, My tweets will be very limited this year, and so will my interviews. We talked too much last year. T-O-O, not T-O, Vince. Anyway, so it seems to be front and center for some of these guys. And I, I like that You know, Vince Williams really seems to be stepping up to me to be kind of a locker room leader, hopefully, yeah, behavior follows that.
1: Yeah, I agree. So we'll see. That's a, it's a question people are asking. Here's what I think, man. I I think that last year, honestly, that was our best chance in years. I was such a loaded team, and we've seen over and over again the most loaded Steelers teams, and really the most loaded teams for a lot of clubs around the league. They don't end up winning the Super Bowl. You know, Ben's uh, I don't maybe not his rookie year, his rookie year or, or a couple of years before when Cordell lost to, um, I mean, obviously, the, I understand Cordell wasn't there when Ben was there. I was getting two years mixed up. But when we lost to the Patriots the first time in the AFC championship game, that team was so loaded for the Steelers. Ben's first year when we went 15 and one, I think it was the 78 Steelers. It was it 76 or 78. That most of the defenders say that was by far the best team. But Rocky Blyer and Franco got hurt in the playoffs. And and therefore they didn't win. Well, what I'm trying to say is last year's Steelers team was so primed for a Super Bowl victory, being totally healthy aside from Ryan Shazier in the playoffs, and they sort of squandered it. And I think that they may have absorbed some humility, some newfound humility from last year, from just getting so thoroughly embarrassed in that Jacksonville playoff game, even though it was a close game. I mean, what they did to our defense or what our defense really did to itself was absolutely embarrassing, and you and I have said they've the Steelers team traditionally does better when they're the hunter and not the hunted. So maybe that's a good angle to look out for for this season. We'll, we'll see if that
0: bears up. Let's let's move on. Let's in a related matter, uh, as as we all recall, James Harrison had some commentary about Mike Tomlin compared to Bill Belichick, and uh, you know it's kind of a it's kind of non news. Bill Belichick's better than everybody, but if yeah. we focus on Tomlin himself, there were. There were complaints in the last years that he, he goes too hard during training camp, others that, that he lacks or right. doesn't impose the discipline other teams should have.
1: Yeah, so this kind of relates to that conditioning test, right? I didn't, So whenever NFL players get back or get to training camp in the summer, they got to pass a conditioning test. For the Steelers, at least, that consists of 800, 100-yard dashes. So you have to run the whole football field eight times. They had one guy fail it, offensive lineman who they just picked up. So I think he got cut already. But the bigger point about this is I found out that all the guys don't have to run it. Some of the veteran linemen, I mean, Ben definitely doesn't have to run it. Um, They get excused from this conditioning test. And I have no idea why you would do that. What is the benefit of that? That's not like giving a player a day, a rest day during the middle of the season when, you know, Ben is you know, in in his upper 30s. I get that. You need his body to rest. But this seems like one of those things where there are too many exceptions uh, for players and how Tomlin treats them and like what James Harrison was saying. So, like I said a minute ago, you got to embrace your personality. You're not going to become the Navy that New England Patriots are. But there are some ways where you can kind of bridge that gap a little bit. And this one seemed like a no-brainer to me. What's worse, letting some of the veterans,
0: uh, proven veterans, skip or having the veterans do the conditioning drill, not pass it, and then having to pass on them anyway.
1: Uh, well,
0: would we, Ben pass the conditioning drill? That's the question. There's oh, no way. <laughs> he would. Well, the new and improved Ben might.
1: Oh, good point.
0: He's looking a little slimmer. So, so Ben has uh, shed some of the carbs in his diet. The cheese doodles have been locked into the covert, and I'm not. A, maybe he's eating.
1: Edamame. Edamame. Whoa. (laughs) Is that how you pronounce it? Perhaps. Edamame. Maybe, yeah. He (laughs) said, hey, I don't know if he cut them out, but he did say he cut down on sugars and some of the carbs and stuff like that. Um, I mean, that's awesome. Honestly, when I saw the pictures, you hear this about so many players all the time. They're in the best shape of their life or whatever. Whoa. Big offseason. But. I saw the pictures of Ben. He actually does look a lot slimmer. And I don't think that those reports usually matter very much. But for Ben, we talked about it before. He's a player of an emotion of emotions, not an emotion, many emotions. He's an artist. He's a diva. He's a gunslinger. His mental state is something to look at his mental state. Last year, we were all talking about how it might be his last year. And he had the retirement talk and he came out and started really slow before he caught fire and turned back into Ben. So, just seeing him taking this a little bit more seriously, I, I do think there is something to that. I like it. He looks slimmer. Well,
0: he may be jeopardizing his post-career commercials on the Nutra, is it Nutra Systems commercial with Terry Bradshaw uh, and Dan Marino. Marino?
1: <laughs> I'm sure he'll find a way to get back to that status. <laughs> well, we're so, uh, talking about new and improved, and
0: uh, people make that claim. But you know who comes to mind is Alex Smith, recently hanging a shingle out with the Washington Redskins locally. And I looked mm-hmm. his, at his stats. He, in fact, did have the best year of his life last year. Highest he completion did, yeah. rating, highest number of yards completed, highest quarterback rating, by far the uh, – not by far, but he had 26 touchdown passes. He had only broken 20 once, twice in his career, and he has a long career. So that was really interesting. I know there are a lot of factors that go into a quarterback success – But when you've got a 15 year, or 12 year career, 13 year career, you know, there that's enough of a sample to show that there's actually something to his improvement.
1: Yeah, there is. I mean, Tom Brady even is another one who he actually kind of dipped and people don't realize that. And, And then he shot up in the last couple of years. He's played better than he's ever played in his life. I absolutely think Ben is the same way. I mean, whenever I think of. If I think of the prime, prime, the zenith of Ben's career, I think he actually is still there. Honestly, that those blips on the radar at the beginning of last year and the end of the year prior were odd. Um, But I feel like that was more of a mental thing. I think of that regular season game against the eventual champion, uh, Super Bowl champion Broncos, when he tore them up and A.B. torched uh, Chris Harris, who hadn't given up a touchdown in two years, and A.B. got two touchdowns on him and. When Ben was throwing six touchdowns, back-to-back weeks, whenever people talk about him, they they talk about how Ben is so big and he shrugs off tacklers and he improvises. It's like, wh- have you not watched Ben in six years? Yeah, he still does that. But what he's evolved into is an absolute assassin from the pocket. And then you, I, I think that, aside from the early turnovers, that Jacksonville game might have been the best game I've ever seen him play in the playoffs. So – I think that he will be even better this year. He says his arm strength doesn't seem to be deteriorating. He watched a bunch of film with the feet master, Randy, and and those are the things you look at. Does the arm strength deteriorate? And he still has an absolute cannon. So I think that he can, he's going to light it up this year. He's going to do his thing. Speaking of
0: sample sizes, we ha- we have a very limited sample size in training camp, but it's interesting to talk about what's, what you're seeing there out, out on the field so far starting with free safety. Maybe that that position's been settled now.
1: Yeah, there's a couple questions we had all offseason, like the free safety. Who's going to play free safety? Who's going to play inside linebacker? It looks like Sean Davis is going to play free safety. And... He has the skill set for it, but the reason why a lot of people are worried is because this is basically his third position in three years. They keep changing his position. He hasn't shown great mental processing. That's been pretty much his biggest weakness, and you're going to make that more difficult on him. don't love it from that point, but Morgan Burnett is a proven very good in-the-box safety. I think he had the second-most tackles next to the line of scrimmage, uh, I think next to Jamal Adams, the— rookie last year from the jets i mean morgan burnett is way at the top of making plays near the line of scrimmage so i like the fact that you have a guy in there doing something very well and playing the position he's used to it's not like sean davis was playing great at strong safety so i guess you pick your poison there it does look like that's where he's going to be he has the physicality to do it and i like that his running mate morgan burnett is is where he needs to be so we'll see how that goes so uh so we have a predictable battle emerging at inside linebacker. Yeah, that'll be that'll be a battle. I look, they're serious about giving Dirty Red a chance to start. They think that he got gypped last year out of an opportunity uh, due to the injury. And um I uh I'm curious. I mean, we love him. What was that? I know. <laughs> That's what I'm thinking. said something about that. He didn't like get a fair opportunity last year. I'm like, well, he he did, it just he got injured. Um, So I guess they didn't get a long enough look at him is maybe what they meant. So Mason Rudolph. He's the fourth stringer, apparently. Yeah, that's where they're starting him out. That's not that surprising. I think that's how they did with Ben, you know, 30 years ago. But uh, I guess there's two ways you could look at it. I mean, he's not getting a lot of reps as the fourth stringer, which is a little odd because, I mean, I think we can all agree that's the best way for people to learn. And it sort of seems counterintuitive. You almost feel like, are you guys trying to save face with your Josh Dobbs pick? pick unless you know instead of just kind of cutting bait on him and let's let Mason get in there or are they making sure Dobbs gets the reps because they know Landry will be gone in a year or two and maybe Dobbs becomes the three when Mason Rudolph moves up to the two but like we said Uh, it's only been a couple days of practice so
0: it's so interesting because this is a Dobbs Landry Jones issue they're not going to drop Mason Rudolph and I'll tell you I could. how long did Charlie Batch play in the league
1: is he a 10-year guy Definitely, definitely. I mean the backup
0: quarterbacks can go into their late fifties, so I could still see Landry retaining his number two position.
1: Yeah, well for this year he definitely will, in my opinion. Um but So that uh, means Dobbs though,
0: is gone?
1: Well, I'm yeah, I don't know. Can they get him to the practice squad? Do they think maybe they can get Dobbs back next year as the number three? I don't I don't really know. Mm-hmm. I don't know why Mason Rudolph isn't getting more time though.
0: Early reports on James Washington, man can fly.
1: We knew that. And he's also making some contested catches during training camp. James, yeah, it's a little bit too early to tell. He's not even running with the ones quite just yet. But uh, apparently he looks pretty good. He's caught a couple bombs. I know he caught one from Mason Rudolph, uh, taking him back to the old days, to the glory days at OK State. So that's cool. We'll have to see him going forward. I can't wait to see him in a game.
0: So we are going to be focused intently on the rest of training camp, and we're going to bring you the show again next next week. We really appreciate you joining us. If you haven't subscribed, please do so. Tell a friend. And we'd like to hear from you. And you have multiple avenues to reach us. Say this month. Hit us up on Twitter at Steelers Outpost. Leave us a note on the website, SteelersOutpost.com, or shoot us an email at SteelersOutpost at gmail.com. Until next week, thank you for listening. Go Steelers.
1: Okay, bye-bye.